Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's gratitude blooming theme? Patience. Ah, my Achilles heel. And what flower is representing patience this week? The chamomile flower. And for those who may not have the cards or uh, are looking at them right now, what are we looking at? This one is such a playful uh, set of three chamomile flowers, and they're all kind of at different levels connecting to each other. It almost looks like there's three different plants at different stages walking together with their blossoms open. <laughs> it's like the three bears to me. It's like daddy bear, mama bear, and baby bear. And just sort of like all kind of just sort of snuggling together. Um, yeah, I just, it, it feels like a family. Yeah. And just the emphasis on the simplicity of the stems and just the simple opening of the flower in each of the three. It's really sweet. I can almost feel like I can smell them just by looking at them. It's like, ah, I I want a cup of tea right now. I'm enjoying some chamomile tea in this moment. (laughs) So fragrant. I I am sure you did some research. Um, What can you tell us about the chamomile plant? What was interesting about the research was not a lot of folks online were talking about the flower itself. Like the rose is just full of explanations about the flower. But this uh, plant in particular is one of the oldest, most widely used medicinal plants. So it's just... Back in the time of uh, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, 500 BC, it's been used as an herbal remedy and uh, it's dried as the flower and made into tinctures and different healing uh, medicines and and herbs uh, to really create a sense of calm for people. I love how these things have kind of tested time. This tea, it's kind of crazy to think about. People have been drinking this tea for 2,500 years at the very least, if not longer. It's kind of weird to sort of think like, oh, you're drinking some tea in Mount Shasta. And for 2,500 years, people have been drinking this tea. That's amazing. Incredible that they knew to do that. Well, you know, I I, kind of wonder how they sort of just like, who was the first person that was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in some water and add a little. And then who was the person was like, and I'm going to add some honey, you know, like this is going to take it up a notch. And it's just a different way of kind of exploring plants. Yeah. And the way that the plants traveled all around the world, even back in the day before they had airplanes, uh, you know, this plant was native to Europe and Western Asia. And now it's traveled all around the world and everyone can enjoy its healing properties. Anything else we should know about the the plant, uh, the chamomile? It's one fun fact that I read about is that they found it in Egyptian tombs um, because it was a way of embalming (laughs) and preserving the bodies. That turned dark. (laughs) But interesting, right? How it it just has so many different levels of healing. Hmm. Well, this week's theme on patience hits so close to home for me. Um, And the word patience in Latin is patis, which means to suffer. And you know this story very well, Belinda. It was seven years ago that I went on a silent day, a six-day silent retreat 
hip and big stir. And it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And in all that silence, I just realized how impatient of a human being I am. And I remember getting to talk to the monk at the end of six days and just being like, hey, I didn't reach nirvana and I didn't go crazy, but I felt this on my shoulders, this impatience heavy. And he just laughed at me. And he said the root word for impatience is to suffer. And that's my burden to carry. And I was like, this is like terrible advice. And so I've been wrestling with this word patience for a very long time, ironically. And I've kind of come to some new appreciations recently. Um, you know, I, I we have like an expression in society that time is money. And we've kind of created this sort of connection to time and money. And then it creates this sort of currency that really is in some ways not as scarce as we think it is. Um, and so I've been trying to think about like, what if we didn't spend money, but what if we spent time, right? What if we thought about how we owned our time in a very different way? What, what would our lives look like? And, and thinking about time affluence, right? Let me be rich in time. Um, and how would I live my life in a different way? And so my relationship then to patience has been like, okay, what is actually driving this? And sometimes urgency is around control and control is a little bit about fear and fear is like, okay, how do I sort of move things forward and try to tackle sort of uncertainty? And, and, and if all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, maybe there isn't that urgency. Maybe I can actually allow time to come to me as opposed to me feeling like I'm always chasing uh, things. Um, so I love that this chamomile flower, you know, this drinking a cup of tea is like, hmm, that's the smell of time affluence. Yeah. And just even looking at the card again, it, you know, your reference to it being like a family of three, it really looks like the stems are the feet of the flower. and they do not look like they're moving fast. They're taking their time. They're enjoying the step. And that's what's coming up for me hearing you talk about that, our relationship with time. Yeah, it's um, it's a fun way to reimagine life um, through this lens of like time. If we could disconnect from time from money, what would you do different? What would you do differently? I would really focus on enjoyment. What would bring enjoyment to you in a different way? I have this vision sometimes, especially when I am feel stressed and full of computer work. I imagine myself waking up casually, maybe even late, you know, 10 a.m. and walking outside and literally smelling the flowers around and and creating beauty, you know, just making things not for any productive reason, but just because they, it feels good <laughs> and it's beautiful. And what, what does making beauty look like to you? Well, I've gotten into this practice. I, I think through gratitude blooming in this collaboration, uh, just buying flowers every week. And sometimes it feels like I'm really buying flowers for myself just to like celebrate and do my self care. But other times it feels like I'm going to create something with these flowers 
that add beauty to the space and and I'll put them inside the house. And then when they start to get dry, I start to kind of put the petals outside in different meditation spots on the land. And, and people walk these places and they see the petals of the roses and it just feels like a way to create a breadcrumb of beauty on the land. Mm. You love your breadcrumbs. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's your go-to metaphor. Where does that come from? I think for me, it's interesting that we're talking about time and patience. Um, I I can relate to you in terms of being very goal-oriented. And, you know, it's not about the, the path from point A to point B. It's, it's we, let's get to point B. And I think in this kind of stage of my life, I've been starting to think about, well, you know, what, what don't, why don't I wait for the message or the clue or the sign that something is ready for the next thing? And the breadcrumbs, it's just a playful way, you know, just thinking about that tale of Hansel and Gretel, you know, picking up one breadcrumb after another. Um, it's, it's a way to kind of get out of the linear path for me and just allow for more randomness, like you've been talking a lot about recently. So yesterday we were hosting a gratitude circle for a group of business leaders in New York. And, you know, as uh, executives um, who a lot of them started their own companies, they were sharing real personal stories. And you shared one at the end there, though, of what an intention you were trying to hold. What, What was the intention that you were trying to hold again? Well, it's, you know, looking into this next phase of, our work with gratitude blooming, you know, there are times when it feels light and delightful and joyful. And other times it feels heavy with, you know, am I, are we doing enough? Are we on track? You know, even with this podcast, it's like, how do we know, you know, if we're doing well with this? And um, I've been feeling a little bit of that weight in terms of, you know, am I taking full responsibility of this work? Are we um, what more can we do? And um, it's like, how can we bring in more of, you know, the lightness, the ease, the let it come to you, like you said, instead of and, striving. And, and then what card did uh, <laughs> you select? Inexhaustible abundance. It was there like amazing. And so, you know, this is in some ways the irony, right, is that we kind of know where it all goes, right? Like we know from A to B, we, we we are born and then we die. So there's not actually very much illusion as to kind of where A to B goes. Um, people may argue where what happens after B, but like, so what's then the rush? Mm. Like if we kind of know where B is, <laughs> What is the rush? Why are we so like urgently trying to move things forward? And and why are we also then holding on to things that have like long gone? And it's just kind of interesting. Like what is, what is it about the brain or the, the, the human sort of experience that can't just be present to what is? Um, and, you know, how much of that is sort of current society versus sort of, you know, 500 BC when they were drinking some tea, were they just like, Hey, we're just grateful for this day. Or were they also like, Hey, we don't have much time. You know, our lifespans are actually only, I don't know, 50 years or whatever the, 
the lifespan was at that point in time? And did they have even more urgency? Um, or were they just grateful for each day? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure there was some hustling around uh, growing their food at some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they could still enjoy some tea, though. Totally. So um, uh, I'd be curious to hear what the artist Arlene found in this flower. You know, and she spent 100 days illustrating 100 different plants and each plant spoke a word to her. So it's not necessarily a big surprise that patients might have uh, come to Arlene with the chamomile plant. But I would, I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, what this specific flower said to her. Here is the story of the patient's card featuring the chamomile plant. This is another drawing in the Gratitude Blooming Cards that was drawn after their original 100-day project. I remember noticing this plant growing in my dad's plot at the Oakland Community Garden, and it inspired me to find a photograph when I got home to draw from. As I was drawing it, I kept thinking about chamomile tea and its reputation for being soothing and calming to drink. And that thought led me to the word patience. I think because patience almost feels like a secret weapon that can calm an anxious mind. And patience, to me, is really about noticing the role that time plays in our lives. I've always been fascinated by the concept of time, and I think as an artist, you build a special relationship to it. For example, in order to draw, you have to be super present, which sometimes feels like slowing down time. And then, when you do create something, it's like time captures an idea or feeling at a specific moment. But that feeling may have been lingering around for a long time before it was made into a tangible thing in the world. So again, it feels like a slowing down or perhaps a speeding up of time by stretching it out and placing it into a given moment. And I'm still amazed that many of these drawings in the Gratitude Blooming deck were drawn in 2015. That's over five years ago. And sometimes I feel like they're just starting to be seen and noticed now. I feel that patience is a skill that requires you to build some kind of relationship with time. And when you are able to do it, It truly does feel like a practice that not only can calm an anxious mind, but can also help you gather the energy you need, stretched out over time, to get really big things done. I appreciated uh, her comment around slowing down time. And it triggered this memory that the original clock was from China and it was made out of uh, a water wheel. And so time moved at the pace of the river. And so in winter, when things might've been frozen over, time moved really slow. And then when spring came and things started to thaw, time sped up. And then summer, you know, maybe the river's a little bit more calm in the fall, it's actually probably really slow um, right before uh, the sort of rains come again. And so this idea of time being nonlinear, right? Like 
it's so ingrained in our thinking now. There's 24 hours in a day. There's, you know, 60 minutes in an hour. There's 60 seconds in a minute. We've got like nanoseconds now. We have stopwatches. And this linear thinking, it actually creates so much stress. If we actually had a non-linear approach to time, like the original clock, we could actually stretch out time and time could speed up and it would actually just be much more part of the human and uh, natural cycle of life. I love how it was already built in the, the seasonal cycle, you know, with this original clock. Like you just, everyone had to slow down in the winter because of that clock. I wonder, can we, can we create like a new clock? That would be amazing. A, a, a new water clock that somehow could sort of show time in this non-linear way. Mm, I love that idea. We'll give it to Arlene as a challenge as the artist. We'll say, hey, Arlene. <laughs> <laughs> How do you as an artist look at time and can you build us a clock that looks like that? <laughs> So do you want to play the free association game, Omar, around patience and the chamomile? Absolutely. So um, just as we're playing with these cards and for you who are listening, free association with the cards is just an opportunity to invite a little bit of randomness and a little nonlinear thinking. So let's see mm. uh, what is revealed. You go first. <laughs> I remember going first last time, but I will do that. Okay, patience, chamomile. Calm. Positive. Healing. Impermanence. Frustrating. Ever-present. Teacher. Student. growth soil I I am appreciating I think I say this all the time but right now in this sort of moment I, don't, I often talk about how partly why I love the gratitude blooming cards is the use of plants and it's this reminder that nature gives us that things are always changing and what doesn't always change is our ability to adapt to change. And so what does that look like through the lens of time? Like if we can be more present, move fast when we need to move fast, move slow when we need to move slow. You know, maybe that is part of it is like, how do we give our space? How do we give ourselves space to adapt to change? And because we're not sort of giving ourselves space to adapt, then we're sort of constantly like out of time, right? Like we're out of sync. We're either rushing in or running too late um, because we don't have uh, that spaciousness. And it's interesting to take the growth cycle literally to farming and and seeing plants grow and and it is, there are moments of acceleration and then there are moments of slowness and decomposition in order for, you know, the fertility to disseminate. And 
I just am remembering earlier this week, Omar, when we had our session with our somatic coach and both of us were like, we're so tired. We loved having the holidays to just relax and not work. And Monday feels hard and heavy. And, and as we were just meditating together, just focusing on ease, how this metaphor of the lion and the lioness and how they use their energy emerged. And I just love that reminder from the wildness of, you know, you're not always hunt. You're not always running around hunting, you know, you're laying around a lot. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing is people don't quite think about lions as like chilling out, but like, if you've ever been on a safari or watched, you know, an animal show, like they're relaxing a lot. And it's only when they're like really hungry and there's easy prey. And you can think about it. They're like, they go after the young and the old. They're like, you know what? If you're in your prime, I'm not going after you, right? It's about an efficiency and and a a very clear use of time. Um, So as we uh, go further into this card this week, what what prompt uh, did you guys create um, with this card? So this is card number 37, chamomile, patience. Some of the most important lessons in life require space and time to grow. What is your relationship with time? How can time be your teacher? And so when you created these prompts, did you have something in mind as to how time could be your teacher? Well, what's interesting is uh, cards 37, 38, 39 got added after our second print. And the reason why we added them is because we felt like there were some key virtues that were missing from the card deck. What? I didn't know this. <laughs> I know. That's Spoiler why it's alert. a little, <laughs> that's why it's a little weird that the 35 and 36 are the wild cards. And then we moved to the chamomile uh, plant 37 and it felt like, it was it was a little random, and we're like, did we do we want to reorder things so the wild cards go at at the end? But we thought, no, let's keep it in the order of how we were evolving. And patience felt like such an important virtue to include in the card deck, and and I think it was a reflection of the process of growing gratitude blooming. And for me personally and spiritually. It has been a tremendous teacher around waiting Mm. and letting things slowly pollinate and giving it time. And these are not things that come to me naturally. I think I I tend to be more of a impatient person. And I think you and I can relate to that, like desire for progress, because we just (laughs) we want so badly for the world to be, you know, perfect in, 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 in the ways that we like see it. And so, um, this one felt like almost a reminder that like we needed to have for ourselves as we were creating gratitude blooming. And, and in the five years since, uh, you created these cards, how has your relationship to time evolved or is it still a struggle? I think it's gotten better as I have connected more deeply with nature. And as you say, Omar, you know, nature is constantly reminding us about change being constant. And 
I think I've, I'm finally learning to listen to that and really seeing that. And just even living somewhere where there are really distinct seasons, I see the birds migrating. I see the squirrels rushing to prepare for winter right now. I see that it gets dark at 4 p.m. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like once you see that, you can't unsee that. Mm. That reminds me of uh, Brene Brown's book, uh, in the um, the gifts of imperfection. And I think that's her opening line is once you see a pattern, you can't unsee it. And the, and I love this idea of you listening to time, right? Like to mm. hear it uh, in the wind and, and, and maybe that's your clock is what is, uh, how is the seasons changing, helping you relate to time differently? Me, I'm in the city, and so uh, I am. Uh, and we, you know, Los Angeles is a big city, and so it's you know I live in a nice, I would say, relatively calm neighborhood. But you know the 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 city lights are bright, and I just you know I think about when people say, "Well, how are you doing?" You know, the easy answer and the one that probably most people I assume say is like, "Oh, I'm just totally busy." Right. And busyness has become this acceptable form of responding to how are you? Oh, I'm busy. Well, that doesn't sound very like <laughs> there's no like <laughs> joy or delight or sadness or grief in that framing. And so in many ways, there's a hiding behind busyness, right? Like busyness makes us maybe feel like we're doing something. Um, that we're being productive in some particular way uh, as opposed to really kind of like calming down and being like, hey, is, is how am I actually doing? It reminds me of this uh, strategy quote that who cares if you're climbing up the ladder fast if it's on the wrong wall. Right? <laughs> and so we're like, hey, I'm busy. It doesn't matter what wall I'm on. I'm just busy. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, and you know, taking time is like, is this even the wall that I want to be climbing? And is this even the ladder that I want to be on? Um, and, you know, in the meantime, I'm just going to say I'm busy and worry about it later. So I'm curious in this phase of your cycle, how is your relationship with time? Because I've heard the story around the meditation and, and and just all of the suffering that you've experienced around impatience. So in this cycle, where are you at with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, 2020 was an incredible um, moment to just shed a bunch of things. And, and one of the things that I shed was just some expectations around what is being productive look like? And and really sort of sitting in that pocket of uncertainty and just sort of being present to it. I mean, like, yep, this is uncertain. It is not clear how things are meant to proceed. And then beautiful things have blossomed from that. You know, I think, you know, the work with you, um, the work with Simon Sinek, just now working in the space of uh, Web3 opportunities. And really, I mean, part of why I'm excited about that is just, there is, I think, a different way of how we can show up in the world and that we don't have to sort of 
be on this sort of, <laughs> it was one of um, the gratitude circles before when somebody's grandma said, if you're on the hamster wheel, who cares how fast you're going? You're still a hamster. Might've been a rat, you know, a rat. <laughs> who cares if you win the rat race? You're still a rat, you know, sidebar, you know, my, one of my daughters was born in the year of the rat. So there's no negative connotation to that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that allowing things to sort of emerge. Yeah. Emergence, I would say is something that I'm learning to appreciate more. That said, I think there are times when you need to go fast. And so it's not all about slowing down and sort of luxuriating. Um, I think there are moments and I think part of there are deep flaws and challenges in the world um, that do require our attention. And so I think finding that balance between when to move fast and when to move slow uh, is a dance. It's a bun dance. <laughs> I can't wait for the practice this week. Um, but before we talk about that, I am super excited about the stories that we are going to feature today because one of the things that Omar, you and I have been doing is working a lot with communities and teams and organizations. You know, you talked about YPO being an organization and and um, there's a really special Bay Area organization called Reimagine that I had the honor of getting to know right when the pandemic started. And literally, I found out about them because they were hosting these weekly uh, gatherings just to help people feel more connected during shelter in place. And one of the early weeks was focused on gratitude. And in one of the breakout rooms, I had the pleasure of meeting one of their staff members. And we just felt this strong connection um, to gratitude as a practice. And their work is all about talking about end of life and helping people explore death um, mm -hmm. right now, especially during COVID times. You know, how do you heal and grieve the loss of a loved one? And also, how do you celebrate life? And I just love that their mission as a nonprofit is holding both of these sides. Like you were saying, Point A, we live, we are born, we have life. And point B is there's death. And this organization is all about cultivating um, the space, the safe space to talk about that. And, you know, as part of our work um, with he bringing healing to the places where people are um, really doing some important work, we thought, well, why don't we hold a gratitude circle for their team. You know, when have they had the time to take a pause, to rest and reflect and connect and renew? And interestingly enough, the this card, Patience, was randomly selected by one of their team members. So we're just super excited to be able to share some clips from that gratitude circle. I'll just say where I am right now with this question um, is thinking about the power of spaciousness um, and when, uh, I don't know, we did a training with um, holistic underground around, you know, justice, equity and, and equity and, um, and how spaciousness is really important um, to create the space for those things to be fostered. 
And I think about when I'm in a more spacious place, uh, it allows me to show up more um, in a way that I want to with more compassion for myself and others. But when I feel, you know, when I think about time and when I maybe don't have very much patience or spaciousness, and especially when I'm trying to get something done or I feel like an urgency to, it's like a lot of my compassion disappears. And just that, I don't know, tension with trying to move things forward um, and getting things done or, um, you know, especially bigger goals or projects. Uh, but also allowing the spaciousness for me and others to show up in their best ways and, and allow, you know, things to kind of emerge from organically. So I think I, I don't know, I, I feel like I have a tenuous relationship with time or that there's tensions around it. So as a practice, um, as we're listening to these clips, and this is something that you also can do as you're listening is what resonates and just to notice and name that resonance and and sometimes particularly if you share it it's an incredible way to show listening and so for me and in, in hearing this just the word that kept coming up was spaciousness emergence tenuous Moving forward. I've been like, focus more on like the future more than I think is healthy. Um, and actually Margaret, who's on our team, who's not on this call, said, whatever's meant to be will never leave you. Because I have like this vision for where I want to be and it involves Hawaii. And I'm like, feeling like it's such a strong call for me to spend time in Hawaii on my friend's farm there. And, um, but I've been struggling with like this, like grasping or need for wanting something to be different because I'm focused on like where I might be in the future. Um, but every time I'm like feeling that I've, I've been trying to pull myself back to like the present moment and, and just, understand the universe has its plan i planted the seed um and like it says here the seeds need space and time to grow so i've been trying to just focus on not not being so focused on timing and the details and just put the intention out there and then just live presently but it's hard <laughs> future Hawaii grasping it's hard strong call timing space and time to grow this is always my lesson <laughs> I am a I'm too tight with with time um you know, I, I went to go meet my dad for lunch um, last Saturday and 
at, we were supposed to meet at 11. And at 11.01, he called me and he's like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm in the bathroom at the restaurant. And he's like, well, I got nervous because you're always on time. And, you know, it was like a couple minutes passed and you weren't here yet. Um, and so it's it's just interesting that I hold myself to such strict time standards and that other people also know that about me and that like how how is that tightness um, for me around time um, limiting me and 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 my joy probably so I do get the reminder of patience a lot so this is a nice nice reminder I'll just add one more thing um, just on the work I've done with with patience and time is that it's almost always stemming from a sense of need to control, um, control your, your own environment. And um, I think that can come a sense of feeling like you don't have any control. And so it's also interesting to like back, like way backtrack and, and see like where, where does it actually come? Like, what is the root of, of that? So for me, it's, it's sort of like this unconscious need to control things because maybe different parts of my life felt so out of control, you know. Tight on time. Need to control. The root. Holding time tight. Control. Fear. Not being in control. Just to build off of your really powerful way that I like that you use the visual of these cards to inspire your reflection. I, I guess um, that combined with this question about what is your relationship with time? You know, I, I started thinking, I've been thinking about um, just like the relationship metaphor as like my relationship with time and then thinking about how it's, it's so many things. And it's like, you know, if it was Facebook back in the day or whatever, it's like a complicated relationship you know, time, time is like a lover and time is a friend and time is a, a villain. Um, and time just has, a, and then with the card, it's like, I'm not the only one in a relationship with time, right? It's like, we're all in really, and so there's like three things here and it's, it's kind of like, oh yeah, you think maybe you're the only one relating to time, but then there's all these other people that are also in a relationship with time. And that's part of what makes it so complicated is that everyone's has their own relationship with it. And we all then share this broader relationship with with it. So, you know, that's where he, like jealousy and like it's all of our it's our opportunity. Um, so, you know, for me, I think, yeah, it's it's like it's it's complicated because each each moment there's an opportunity. It's like I love time for the each moment, but then there's obviously we talk about death and so every, every moment ends and in a life ends and it, it gives us all of our possibility, but it also takes all of our possibility away. Um, and so just, I think that by its nature is just very, it's intense. Time, time is an intense. It's like probably the most, it's like the, like the most intense thing that I can like thing I can, I can really think of that, that affects so much because uh, everything is is almost like what we're all everything's a factor of of what that what it provides for us and what it doesn't provide so come on time <laughs> work with me 
I forgot this one. I love time as a villain, time as a lover. We all have our own relationship to time. Come on, time. Be my friend. Uh, complicated, intense. Three-way relationship. Yeah, time is, it is the way he talks about it, is definitely promiscuous. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little trickster. I'm curious, Omar, as you reflect on that experience we had with this team, you know, doing such hard and and heavy work to hold space for others and their healing. What struck you the most? I mean, you've been now holding a lot of space for a lot of different organizations and there was something just very sweet about that moment with them. Well, I think part of what I appreciate about the work we get to do with teams in particular is how much of a gift it is that they get to just pause and reflect and to share things beyond uh, the work that's immediately in front of them. And in some ways from a social kind of behavior communication, we either are all business or we're like, how's the weather? <laughs> and it's there's not a lot of sort of space in between. And just as the first person was talking about spaciousness, I had to look it up. And in, in, in Latin, it's spatium, which means space or distance. And so there's this interesting relationship to time is also a relationship to space. And, and I heard a lot of the words about grasping and holding. And so there was a physicality to time. Um, and then the last one, like in a relationship to time. And so it's just then like, how are we embodying these practices and how are they holding us in this very invisible yet very present way? And so, you know, again, part of, you know, what I love about the practice of gratitude, it makes visible what we value. But with fearless gratitude, we can also learn to make visible what we often ignore or take for granted or don't even necessarily pay attention to. And I feel like time may be one of those things that it's ever present, but not necessarily visible. And maybe this is why even like the metaphor of a clock, um, it's one way that we are visualizing it. and we just maybe need a new metaphor um, to time. Yeah. For me, I, I was really um, struck by just, you know, taking that hour of time you know, with this team that's like always so busy holding space and hosting events. And, and it was interesting. It felt like there was this pause, collective pause that everyone took. And um, it's like, how often do we get to be real with people in a safe way and, you know, in a professional way as well? And um, it felt like the very uh, moment of having that time was this practice of, of patience and cultivating those relationships. And um, yeah, it was just really a really beautiful moment. And also how particularly the last person talked about the end of time. And, but that's in some ways the only way things can move forward. And, and so what is our relationship to letting go and relinquishment um, and I think it was somebody in one of our circles shared that 
a cancerous cell is one that doesn't die. And so, you know, in some ways, if things don't die, then that actually is a problem. Um, you know, it's just being more presence to beginning and endings um, and not holding on uh, or trying to sort of anticipate too much. Super yeah. grateful for reimagine for you know you allowing the space and time to even talk about these things they've definitely made me think about death in a more uh honorable way one of the things i'm grateful for is a review on uh our podcast uh that came in through apple itunes And this person writes, a podcast that walks the talk. Every episode I've listened to so far has provided timely perspective and reflection. Omar and Belinda dialogue with each other at a beautiful pace, leaving room for powerful silence. I feel like I'm in the conversation with them. The artists and community reflections are wonderful too. This podcast has deepened my practice with the Gratitude Blooming Card Deck as well. Thank you so much for the review and the comments. Please keep them coming. They inspire us to keep going uh, and to keep creating spaces like this. Also, we have our gratitude hotline where you can leave us a voice message or send a text or email. All the details are in the show notes below. And so as we do each week, Belinda closes us with a beautiful practice. So this week's practice is really in honor of the chamomile for being this healing herb for representing rest, peace, calmness, and renewal. So what I invite you to do for this week is to practice dancing with time. So we all move through life in different ways, different rhythms, different flows. And this changes with the cycles of our lives too. So I invite you to just contemplate at this time of your life. How does time flow for you? Does your rhythm feel like it's moving quickly, slowly, more neutral? And play with that dance. So if you're someone who tends to take more time and enjoy the slowness of the pace, try doing something with a little bit more vigor and quickness. It could be just the way that you drink your coffee or the way that you walk for a moment. Just try shifting that rhythm to dance with time. And if you're someone who is feeling overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do and you tend to move faster with time, I invite you to slow down your dance with time, with an activity 
Maybe it's just slowing down how you write that email or how you have that conversation or how long you take in the shower. It can be any activity that you do throughout your day. Just play with that rhythm of time and just trust that you have all the time that you need right now. We hope you enjoy this dance with time and we'd love to hear how it feels for you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.